This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. Thank you again for being here, and I am excited this morning to continue in in our series uh, that we have been in, Passionate Followers. Uh, our desire, our mission, our, des- our everything that we do here is with the intention that we would lead others to be passionate followers of Christ. And this morning as we get started, I, maybe I should have started with this whole, uh, this portion right here at the very, very beginning of the series, but I want to I share what it is to be a passionate follower of Christ. I believe with everything in me, we can call it a passionate follower, we can call it somebody who loves Jesus, you can call yourself, it's a disciple. At the end of the day, we are disciples of Christ, and, and that's what we are striving to, uh, to do here at Oasis, is to lead others to be a disciple, or to be passionately uh, following after Christ. And one of those is this, a follower, a passionate follower is one who follows or seeks after Jesus, one who is keeping His commandments. One who is available to God. We've spoke of that this, this series. We have uh, one who is a witness both in our actions and our words. One who is learning and teaching, uh, discipling others. One who denies themselves or just a handful of things that we look at. Obviously, no, it's not perfection. None of us are perfect, but we are striving in all of these different things. I am striving to follow Christ. I am striving to, to, to obey and keep His commandments and so on. If we look at our vision statement at Oasis, I'm going to do this for the sake of this, uh, for the sake of the uh, definition as well as uh, as we look into our sermon this morning. A passionate follower, I want to make it personal to you. Passionate follower of Christ is growing in the Word of God daily, encouraging one another, living a Christ-centered life so that the power of Christ through you impacts your community, leading others to Christ and uniting us for God's glory. The series, I don't know how this has encouraged or challenged you, but this is, uh, I've been teaching over our core values for several years now. We usually do at least one series throughout the course of the year where we teach on uh, why we exist. This has probably been the most challenging of all of them, and here's why. All of our core values I I could go through and uh, know, walk, share, and that we would be a united family. And I could tell you what all of those are. And oftentimes we could all say that. I would know Christ as Savior and that I would grow in Him, that I would know Him in a more deep and, and intimate manner. I would walk with Him. That is, that my actions, I would, I would walk daily with Christ. That's both, you can look at that as my personal devotional life. That's in my service to Him. That's as I serve at my place of work, in my neighborhood, serving here at the church. There's an actionable step to walking with Him. Today, we're going to look at share Him. Next week, we'll look at what that is to be a united family of Christ. But when we look at all of those things, here's what we haven't really done a lot of, and I haven't done a lot of, is really look at it and say, but in my opinion, as I've been studying, as I've been praying, and God, where is Oasis today? Where are we going? What are those, what are those desires? What is that vision that you're, you're laying in, in front of me? And one of the things that's just really been heavy on my heart is this idea that we aren't to just grow and suck and take everything in, to suck it all in, to suck in all of this knowledge, to take in all of these things, 
we are to do that. We are to be growing in Him. We are to know Him in a more deeper and intimate manner. But it shouldn't ever stop there. It should now come from within to now go out. To lead others in these areas. To lead others to know Him. To lead others to walk with Him. To lead others to share Him. That I am to come alongside and encourage other people. Not me because I'm the pastor, but we as a body of Christ ought to be leading others. That could be somebody sitting right beside you. That could also be somebody that's never stepped foot in this church. And so as we look at all of these things, how it all comes together, God had no intention that we would do this life together. Our intention, God's intention as we were designed, as we were created, was for relationship. In the garden, it was that he was in a relationship, a communal relationship with Adam. There was always relationship in mind with one another, most importantly with Christ. To the disciples, there was relationship. But after all that Jesus did with the disciples, he taught them, he, he showed them how to perform miracles. He walked through all of these steps with the disciples. And then what did he say? He said, now I've given you all of these things. Now go and teach others. Everything that I've given you, I have entrusted these things to you. Now go, take all of those things and give that to somebody else baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. And we can go through all of those passages of Scripture. But he said to go. I've given you these things. Now go. What did he tell them at the, at the Last Supper? He, he got down on his knees. And what did he do? He went to each one of them. And he began to wash their feet. And as he washed their feet, he went all the way around. And then he said, as I have done this, what? Now go and do likewise. He did it to show an example. He did it to, to tell them, hey, I've given you this. Now, now go do something. Don't let it stop here. And I pray that this series in some way has, would be able to unite us, but it's also something that would push us to a place where we would begin to think, wow, I know a lot, but I'm not maybe doing and leading others in what I know. It's my desire, it's our desire to focus in these areas to teach and to lead and to guide and to direct you and, and anyone who's able to walk through our doors, that they would know him, that they would walk with him, that they would share him, that we would be a united family, but it cannot stop. We must lead others in the same. And when I say all of these things, that is not that we as a staff must do better to lead, uh, to bring others in and to do all these things. No, we as a body of Christ must do all of these things. I want to do everything that I can to lead from my position to teach the word of God, to, to lead you in a place, to provide avenues for you to grow and provide avenues for you to serve, to to put us in a position to be able to utilize and to grow in all of these areas. But at the end of the day, it's not just on me. It's not just on Dan. It's on we as a body to come together to recognize that this is my call, not because I'm pastor, but this is our, your call, my call, because we are a follower of Christ. You know what's really exciting about all of these things, to me anyways, and maybe it's you might think I'm nuts, but... When I look at all of these things and we begin to look at this, it never, ever ends. 
I will never get to a place where I'm like, oh, you know what? I've learned all that I can learn about God. It'll never come to the place where it's like, wow, I can't serve anymore. I can't walk this Christian life any longer. Never. You know, the only thing that will come to an end is I won't always be able to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. See, I will for all of eternity grow in my knowledge of Jesus Christ. There will come a day for all of eternity I will worship God and I will learn of him daily and I will continue to serve at his feet and we will do that for all of eternity if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. But there will come a day when we'll never be able to share him again. Man, that's exciting to think about all of these things that we're looking at, all these things that we're, we're diving into. I'll never know God enough. I, I could, I won't do this, but we could sit right here and I could teach through one book of the Bible for the rest of my pastoral life. And we should still be able to glean and grow in our knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. Because the word of God is alive and it's sharp and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Because it's the, the word of God. There's people all around the world, they have a page of the word of God. And they memorize it. And they just grow in who God is. So we look at this. It, it never, never stops. And today as we look at this thought of share him, some of you are like, oh, here we go. Pastor's going to scream and yell at us that we need to go and be better evangelists. I'll be real honest. I'm not. I'm not going to give you the five steps as to how you can go walk out these doors and lead somebody to the Lord. I'm not giving you through the Romans road. If you would do all of these things, that's not really my intention today. Because here's where I want to share this morning, is ultimately it comes back to my desire, my heart in the matter. I think it was a year ago, maybe it was two years ago, I stood right here on this stage and I screamed something along the lines of, we just don't care. Does anybody remember that? A few of you. Some of you are like, yes, don't ever do that again. <laughs> but that comes back to a heart. It's our heart. Do I desire? Am I praying, God, would you, would you reveal to me who you are? God, would, you, would I know you more? Would I walk closer with you? Would I do these things? And as we go through, as we've looked the last several weeks, we've looked at Acts chapter 9 and we've talked about Ananias. Ananias was not a perfect man. Ananias is not a man that we know a lot about. I've said this every week. We know a couple things about Ananias, right? Do you remember this? We know that he was a devout man and that he went and was available to God. We don't know much. But we know that he was faithful and devout. And we know that as these things came, the word of God, he, God spoke to Ananias. Ananias said, God, here I am. And, and God gave Ananias some specific things. And he went and did what God had told him to do. He was obedient. He had doubts. He had fears. He had concerns. We looked at some of those last week where he said, God, are you sure? Are you for certain? Do you know who that guy is that you're telling me to go do these things to? But yet he was obedient and because of his obedience, we have this man that we call Paul, who was Saul. 
What did Paul or what did Saul at that time immediately go and do? It says in Acts chapter 9 that Saul immediately, he stayed where he was in Damascus and fellowshiped and learned under the disciples of Damascus. We know that. And then in the same passage of scripture, it says that he went and preached Christ. He spent time with the disciples of that town and then began to preach Christ. That he is the son of God. That he was only, the one and only God. And here's what's really exciting and awesome to me is in all of that, we have Saul or we call him Paul. The name there was that change. And there was only one thing, one person that could be honored in that situation. God did a work that no other could do. Saul was a man who was killing people for the cause of Christ and imprisoning them for the cause of Christ. Now Saul is, well not for, but for the law, I'm sorry. So now Saul is doing what? Now Saul is screaming and yelling and pleading with people. You need to know this Jesus. There was only one that could have changed that heart, and that was God. Do you realize there's only one that could change the heart of every person in this room, and that's God? Regardless of where you sit today, regardless of where you came from, regardless of how nasty of a life that you did lead, or maybe you were like, well, I was a pretty good person. Regardless of any of those things, there's only one that can change a life, and that is God Almighty. And this morning, as we go through for a couple moments, my prayer is that we would, one, look at our own heart. But I'm going to look at Paul in 1 Corinthians this morning. Because I believe there's a couple principles that we can look at in our own lives and say, am I willing to go? Am I willing to, to be somebody that could be used of God to do what God would have for me to do. Because regardless of where you sit today, there's somebody in your world who is hurting, who is broken, and there is only one that can provide the healing and the comfort and the peace. And you might be the only one that would be able to reach out to them and provide that to them. See, I'm not, I, I get who God is, but Ananias was the one that God chose to use to go reach Saul where he was. There could have been somebody else, but Ananias was that one. Yesterday, I, I finished on Netflix, there's a, a documentary about Billy Graham. And his life, and it goes back all the way through from when his salvation is and all the way through his passing and the lives of people that he impacted. You know, there was, there was one person that shared the gospel with Billy Graham. You may or may not like Billy Graham. I don't know what your stance is. Some people like him, some people think he was whatever. But here's the reality there was one individual. That led a man to the Lord. I don't know 
what person in my life that I'm fortunate to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with that might become a man that would speak before millions of people. It may never happen, but here's what I do know. And here's kind of some of the challenge today. Is my heart in such a manner that I'm obedient, that I'm available to say, God, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I'm going to be available and obedient to what you would have for me to do. And so this morning, for the next few minutes, leading others to share him is the simple title of the day. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to look at verse 19 through 27. Verses 19 through 27. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 19 through 27 this morning. And it says this, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews, and them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that ye which run in a race, all but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body... And bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, I know for some this is a topic that people get nervous about, being challenged to share their faith. For others, this is something that they get excited about. It's within their, uh, their passion uh, realm of their passions. It's something that they feel that that's a, a strength of theirs. I don't know. But Lord, I pray for each and every one of us that sit here. Lord, that we would take in what you have, that we would listen to the word of God, that we would, uh, we would uh, look introspectively at our own lives. And God, my prayer is that we, as your people, Lord, that you would change our desires, one, that we would desire to to know you in a more intimate manner, but because of that, we would desire to see others the way that you see them, that we would love them the way that you would have us to love them. And God, out of that, lives would come to know you as Savior and be changed for your gospel. Lord, be with us now. Lord, maybe there's somebody this morning that would sit here and say they've never heard the gospel. They do not know the gospel May today be the day of their salvation, for it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. My first thought is this, leading others to share him starts with being a servant to all. If we look at this passage, it says in 19, for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all. Throughout the Gospels, there's five different, uh, there's four in the Gospels and one in Acts, but there's five different Great, com- great commission passages in the Word of God. 
Matthew 28, we would, most of you would, would be able to, to quote that and know that. Go ye therefore, baptize. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Luke 24, 47, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. John 20 and 21, peace be unto you as my Father has sent me, even so send I you, Acts 1 and verse number 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. There is no doubt this morning that God, Jesus, gave a commissioning to the disciples and to all of us to go. We are all called as believers to go, to take what has been entrusted to us and to teach. Here we see Paul is dealing with the Corinthian church. Uh, If you want to, you can look back over the next, the last previous couple chapters and uh, eight leading up into this passage of scripture in 19 there, where Paul is, is really dealing with things on the side of the freedoms that he has in Christ. There's certain things that he doesn't have to do. There's certain things that he can have the freedom to do. And the question is always, well, because of grace, now I can do anything that I want. Paul again says what? No, God forbid. Not at all. Not at all. That is not what God has called us to. But they were asking if it was wrong for them to eat meat for idols. Paul says this. And he's going in, and this is where he comes into this passage. He says, no, it's not wrong. But if you lose your opportunity to be heard, it becomes a stumbling block. And so Paul is saying this. Paul is saying, listen, though I be free from all men, yet yet I have made myself a a servant or a slave to all. And he says, it is not a sin for me to eat that. It is not wrong for me to eat that. I don't have to any longer. Under the law, you have to do some of those things. And they begin to say, is it wrong for me to eat this food? Is it, do I have to do that? And Paul says, no, 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 we don't have to do that. But for the sake of the gospel's me- gospel message being heard, sometimes I do things that are not wrong that may not be within my realm. Why? Paul says, though I am free, my desire is that we would win them, that they would come to know Christ. So yeah, you know what? I'm going to eat with them. And it's going to be okay. Because I'm not going against the word of God. I'm going in so that I could be heard. He says this over and over in this passage of scripture. And you can see it. He says that I might gain the more. Gain the Jews. Gain them without the law. Gain the weak. By all means, save some. Paul was being bold. Paul was teaching. Paul was, what, all about sharing his faith boldly with others. He says, yes, I have freedoms and liberties to do all of these things. They are not sin, but I have chosen not to or to do them with the desire to win some. He has chosen to be a slave to them. Have you stopped and thought about that? Just think about that passage right there if we were to go nowhere else. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself a servant, a slave unto all. Have you ever stopped to think about the power of influence that you have on the people that are around you? 
that you might be a slave, a servant to all. That I would be a servant to you. That I would be a servant to my neighbors. That I would be a servant to those that I come in contact with. Be it at the coffee shop, be it walking around the mall, be it wherever it is. That I would choose not to just consider me and the freedoms that I have. Rather, I would choose to do certain things that I would win them all. So that God's voice could be heard. Do you know how many times we open our mouths and we... By what we say and by what we do, the ears of those that are close to us will never be, they will never hear the things that come out of our mouth. Paul says, by everything in me, my desire is that I would be a, a servant to all. And he goes on and he begins to give application pieces to that. Think about this, Exodus chapter 21, it speaks of being a slave After so long, a slave has the ability or the opportunity to say, I want to leave. You are free to go. They also have the same ability to say, no, I don't want to leave. I want to stay. I want to be your slave. I want to be your servant. I do not want to be free. And they do that for this because they come to a place where they love their master. My servanthood is not any longer out of an act of obedience as much as it is an act of love. And they would look at their master, can I stay? In Exodus 21 and verse number 6, it speaks that the master would then pierce their ear and they would forever be their slave. And this is exactly what Paul is saying. I am free to go. I am free to choose. I am free to move on. However, and being a slave to Christ and being in, in a servant of God, I am a slave to those that are around me that I would love God so much, that I would love people so much, that I would serve them so that God would be heard. I don't know if we've stopped to think about some of those things. I know the word slave in our culture is, is used in so many different manners, and we don't like to think of that. It's not a positive thing. Have you ever stopped to think that, that you would be a servant to all? Romans 6.18 being, says, being then made free from sin, ye became the servant, the slave of righteousness. Romans 6.22, but now being made free from sin and become servants or a slave to God. Paul says, I'm a slave to you that I might win the more. Are you a slave to those around you? It was in Romans 11 that Paul was, was speaking and he said that he would do anything to provoke them to jealousy. Yes, yes. Who are my flesh? Why? That some would be saved. He would do anything to reach people, his people. He said later that he would suffer, that some would be one. And as we look at this passage of scripture, I don't know where this falls in line with exactly where you are. But I want us to think about these different practical pieces of what Paul was stating, because every one of us, regardless of how we want to look at it, has this same opportunity right in front of us. He says this, to the Jew, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. Now hear me out, because there's a lot of people that 
speak this in different realms, but he did not change his belief. He did not go against the word of God, but as a slave to all, he chose to love them where they were that he could be heard. He would do those ceremonious things that they would do so that he could be heard. He did not have to do them, but he would eat their meat he or eat their meals. He would perform and be a part of the ceremony because he had to? No. He was free not to, but by doing so, he was able to be heard. He was concerned. He was aware that if he walked in and did not do those things, he would offend and have no voice. Don't do the things that would eliminate your voice. Acts chapter 16, we see Timothy and Paul going to serve together. Paul had Timothy to be circumcised. Why? Not because it was a part of salvation. Not because it was that he was living under the law. But because as they served, what did Paul do? Paul would walk into a town. He would go to the synagogue and he would teach in the synagogue. And then he would go out. So as Timothy was a young man coming in, Timothy would have been a hindrance to all of those things. He had a mixed race. His parents were of a mixed race. He was not a Jew, but because of his circumcision, he would be heard as a proselyte, someone who had adopted Judaism. Had he not done that, it may have hindered the voice of God being heard by Paul and Timothy into each synagogue that they would go into. Did he have to do that? No. Was it a sin? No. Do you know what sometimes we do? Because we think it's really dumb, we make it known that this is really dumb and our voice is no longer heard. I'm guilty. Man, that's so, what in the world? That's nuts. Why would anybody do that? But because somebody does that, when I say it, it's now I've made fun of them. I've made fun of their faith. I've made fun of any of those things. And our voice is no longer heard. Paul recognized that he was a servant to all. He goes on to say, under the law, though I am not under the ceremonial law, I will put myself under them to win them. It isn't against my faith. Again, I don't have to, but I will. He isn't compromising, but he is doing the things that are okay to do to gain the ear, to gain the respect. It goes further, the Jews to the Gentiles that are without the law. He's just, what do we hear all the time? Oh, he just did anything that he wanted to do just to win. No. This is not speaking of the moral law. This is not speaking of some of those things. If you look at the, the parentheses in your Bible, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. He continued to do those things. He was not speaking of morality. With the Gentile, he would fall into the Gentile pattern of life. As he was around them, he would adhere to some of the things not against the word of God, not out of disobedience of God, but it was okay for him to do that, so he would do it. What did he do? We just went through this in Galatians. Paul was hanging out with the Gentiles. 
Peter would hang out with the Gentiles. And when, when Peter went to Galatia, he was hanging out with the Gentiles. He was bringing both Jew and Gentile alike together. Then somebody said, hey, someone's getting angry at you. Peter began to do what? He pulled away from the Gentile. He came in closer to the Jew and began to put a division in there. Do we remember? Paul came in and did what? What are you doing, Peter? Stop it. Why? Because Peter's voice was being lost. He was not being heard any longer. Listen, sometimes we have to put self backwards for the sake of Christ. Because just because it's not a sin, the ceremonial laws were not sin, but they weren't salvation. So Paul recognized this isn't unto salvation, but he would act upon those things. Why? So that his voice could be heard. Am I a servant to all? Am I a servant to all? In verse 22, to the weak became weak. We must know this and understand this. Paul was not compromising. Know this for yourself. To compromise is to go against or to set aside your biblical conviction. We are setting aside our liberties, not our biblical conviction or biblical truth. Am I setting aside my liberties that people might come to the gospel, come to know Jesus Christ and hear our voice? Why do we do them? Why do I become a slave or a servant to all? Paul said this over and over, that we would gain the more. For the gospel's sake, a, a passionate follower desires to live in such a manner that we might gain the more, leading others to share him. Maybe this is just me and my study and in my personal thought, but this simple, simple truth this week has, I've wrestled with that. Am I a servant to all? Do I think about the things that I say when I'm with certain people? I have a smart aleck mouth. Anybody else with me? I have a smart aleck mouth. And you know, there's been more than one time in my life that I've had to step back a statement, even though it might have been in joking manner, and genuine joking manner, not like I was trying to be, but I found myself being disrespectful. And somebody said, man, when you said that, this is what I heard. Do you know what I've done? My voice cannot be heard for the gospel message of Jesus Christ. This isn't a matter of perfection. I am not perfect. But I'll promise you as I've studied this week and I've thought about some of these thoughts and these things and looking at the life of Paul, he had one desire. The first and foremost to honor and glorify his father. But he was about teaching and preaching the word of God. That others would know him. I would ask you this morning. Is your voice heard?
Are you a servant to all in such a manner that your voice is heard? The second thought is this, leading others to share him starts with having self-control. Leading others to share him starts with having self-control. The first thought is that leading others starts with being a servant of all, but it comes back to self-control. I can tell you all of these things all day long. I can preach till I'm blue in the face all the things that we are supposed to do. We are to be obedient. We are to do this. 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 Here's what it all boils down to. Do I have self-control? And Paul goes on in this passage and he begins to, to speak through this. Every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. He takes it to an athletic event, right? What is he talking about? Everyone, everyone that runs a race, why do we run a race? We want a race to win. If you run a race with any other intention, I don't know how to help you. I'm a competitive individual. We went golfing the other day. Top golf. It took us a long time to realize that it calculated the mile per hour from the ball off the, bat, off the tee. But it took us about 30 seconds to be like, all right, how fast can I get this ball off of this tee? Probably didn't take us 30 seconds. Jarrett was there, Dan was there, myself, a couple other guys, and it took us no time to be like, whap! Oh, 132, all right, got to get faster. No time at all, why? Because we're competitive people. I want to win. We didn't win anything. You can walk away going, mine was, a, mine was one mile an hour faster. That's really all that matters at the end of the day. But, but Paul is speaking to this. As we run the race, we're running it for this reason. And he goes on throughout this whole thing and he says what? If you can do all of these things physically to your body, if you will eat correctly and if you will train and if you will do these and if you will do that for one reason, that you would run a race and get a wreath. The Olympics, that's what they got, right? You'd get a wreath hung around your neck. What happens to a wreath? It's going to die. At least I got a trophy. They're in the trash. But the trophy ain't going nowhere. The wreath is going to wither and die. Either way, we know what. He's making the statement. If we will do all of those things, if you will discipline yourself in competition, if you will discipline yourself in a physical manner so that you can be better, we all do it. Maybe not all of us, but we go to the gym. We try to eat right. We do this. We do that. Why? For our physical bodies. And we have no self-control for our spiritual. If I am to lead others in the manner that we're talking, That hurts because the hard reality is we all do certain things for the temporal. But what am I willing to do for the spiritual? Do you know how many times I've been told in my the last close to 20 years of ministry that it's too hard to wake up to read the Bible? That it's too hard to spend time in prayer? 
Listen, I'm not saying that in a joking manner to be like, you're, you're dumb. That's not at all. But do you know how you do those things? Self-control and discipline. The men that I used to listen to and sit under as a preacher, as a pastor, and I would say, man, I want to be like them. One of them was Dr. Jerry Falwell. And I would always make the statement in college, man, I just wish I had his faith. Do you know what his faith came from? His faith came from when he was called into the gospel ministry. He left where he was in Lynchburg and he went to BBC in in Missouri. And every day for four hours, he would lock himself in a room and he would pray for four hours every day. Faith doesn't just happen. The Word of God tells me that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There's a a practice, there's a discipline for me to have the faith that I desire to have. It comes from God's Word and it comes from time with God. There's a discipline to that. Do you know what I don't like? I don't like hearing that because I want to say, well, I just want to have the faith like that guy. God says, you have all of that all right here. I've given you everything you need, but we need to act upon those things. It's obedience. And as we go into these, these, this last, really, I have two points, and this is it. It is self-control. Winning souls, this might hurt, but winning souls is a matter of the heart, and winning souls is a matter of obedience and being available to God. We all have an excuse. Well, my personality isn't this, and, and I don't like that, and blah, blah, blah. Ananias was afraid he was going to get killed, but he went because he was obedient. We all have a different platform. I get that. But we all have the same call from God to go. But here's what it boils down to for me. I can't speak for you. Here's what it boils down to for me. Am I willing and obedient to God and self-control and self-discipline to have a track on me? Am I willing to open my mouth to invite? Am I willing to do that? But it comes back to the very first step was what? Would I be a servant to all? Or would I be too fearful to say this or to say that? When I say no to me and yes to God, the eternal rewards are endless. Paul ran a race to win souls. He said, don't worry about your rights. Don't worry about your liberties. But do what you have to do. Living a life of being a slave to all, of being Controlled by God's Holy Spirit and obedient that your voice would be heard. Paul said, I keep my body under subjection that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul did not desire to spend his life preaching the requirements to others and then be disqualified for not meeting the requirements himself. Many believers start the Christian life with enthusiasm and devotion. They train carefully for a while, but soon tire of the effort and begin to break training. Before long, they are disqualified from being effective witnesses 
They don't have what it takes because they are unwilling to pay the price. I've said this a lot. My junior and senior year of high school, I would go to school around 5 o'clock in the morning so that I could work out before school so that I could be the best athlete that I could be. But then in the same breath, I would say, man, I don't know if I can wake up to read the Word of God. Just stop and think about that. How much time we make for things. How disciplined we will be for certain things. But we're too busy for this thing. The only thing that actually even matters. This morning, my last thought slash action step is leading others to share him starts with you. I would say this to every person in this room who knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You have the right message. You have the power of God living inside of you. In Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, what does it say? One of a, a great pastor of scripture. But, you, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has, come, Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Listen, we have the power of God that lives and dwells within us. We have everything that we need. The reality and the question is, will I use it? Will I tap into it? Will I go? You have the right message. You have the power. I would ask you this. Are you compelled that is, are you understanding that there will one day be a judgment? The question that I said before a couple years back was, do we care? Am I available? Am I seeking and desiring to share all that God has given? Romans 1 and 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I would ask you, are you bold? Are you ashamed of the gospel? Again, this isn't a guilt trip. This isn't me just trying to say these things. Oh, you're, you're not saying it, so you're, you're unashamed. No, I'm not. that's not my heart. But we have it. What will we do with it? Leading others starts with you. Are you a servant to all? Are you living a life of self-control? For the next couple minutes, I want to say this. I have stated this publicly many times. Some of my personal fears, if you will, of sharing the gospel. I am not the guy that loves to just walk up to every random person and be like, hey, here's a track. Hey, would you come to church with me? Hey, here's this. Hey, here's that. That's not, it's really not who I am. There's a couple things with that. One, I'm really asking God to change that about me, that I would not care to do those things. But the other thing is this. We hear it so often, this lifestyle evangelism. And I am 100% for that because our lifestyle ought to point people to Christ. At some point, the Word of God says it's the Word of God that draws the heart. 
So at some point, the Word of God has to be mentioned. We have to teach that. We have to speak to that. But my desire, my prayer, my plea, my cry to you as a church that we would lead others to share him, that we would be a part of this. Some of that is, yes, that I would go and I would share the gospel with, uh, with, with others. The other part of that is that I would look to the person to my left or to my right and I would say, hey, would you go with me? Would you hold me accountable to? Would you be a part of going and being a part of this? Maybe you're in a life group and you would say, hey, Next week, what if we didn't do Bible study tonight? What if we just hit a neighborhood? Hey, what if we went together to a a first Saturday outreach day? Hey, what if we did these things? And that's leading. That is you reaching to somebody else and say, come with me. Why don't we go to this? There's another aspect of that is this. I speak often of my, my time at Schemos. People laugh and all of those things. But here's the reality. I've preached many funerals of people that I've never met. I sit at schemos and I build friendships. Many of those people may never, ever walk through this door. But here's my prayer, my desire, my heart in a lot of that is this. There will come a time in every one of those people's lives where life is really bad. There's going to come a time, I've said this, my neighbor across the street, I don't know, nine months ago, within a matter of an hour, he lost a brother and a brother-in-law. Both of them passed. It was about 9.30, he walks over to my door, and I'm, I don't know what I was doing. I was, walk, I was walk, getting ready to walk outside, and it was like, as he's knocking, I'm opening really random. But I'm like, ow, what's going on? How you doing, man? What's <laughs> and I could just tell his countenance was broken. Al's never stepped foot in this church. I don't know that he ever will step foot in this church. But my prayer and my plea, my personal desires are this. That when Al loses two of his family members in a matter of an hour, he knows that there's a guy across the street that loves him, that's praying for him, and that is there for him. My prayer is that the folks over at Schemos, I don't know that they'll ever walk foot through this door. I don't know that they'll ever get beyond just the friendship that we have. But my prayer is this, is that when life happens for them, and it will happen, it'll happen for every person that walks the face of this earth, where they don't know where to go and what to do, that they're going to at least know one thing. There's a pastor down at Oasis Baptist Church who just has been really kind and loving, and he is friendly. And they wouldn't use these words, but that I would be a slave to them. That I wouldn't lose my testimony because I opened my mouth. That I wouldn't say, well, my freedoms allow me not to do this. Rather, I would say, no, that I would be a slave to all, that I might win one, that I might win some, that we would gain the more. My prayer and my plea to you today as a church, I'm not here to tell you this is how you do it. I'm not here to beat you over the head and say, you better go out. I'm not doing any of that stuff. It's not to be a guilt trip. If you feel guilty today, I pray that it's a conviction of God has nothing to do with me this morning. And I genuinely mean that. But I want to plead with you that we would be a church 
a people that would be a slave to all, that we might win one. I said it last week, what if if every person in this auditorium shared the gospel and led one person to the Lord? That would impact a community greatly. What if you were a slave to your neighborhood? I pray over my little cul-de-sac on a regular basis. I don't know what will come of it. We've got a neighbor that moved in about two or three weeks ago. I've, unfortunately, I have not met them other than just a, a hello and a quick handshake. and a, It's about all that it's been because of just the schedules for both of us. But My desire is maybe not that I'd be the greatest evangelist, but that I would live a life that I'd be a slave, a servant to each and every one of them. That when the time comes for them to need a pastor or they don't know where to turn and they've, I've never prayed before but I know that when I'm hurting they say to pray. That my name comes on their, on their mind. That your name would come to their mind. This morning Dan and I have worked pretty hard on several things we have a, a share class that we are basically finished with. We're working on a date, and we'll give that to you as soon as that comes available to where we can teach some simple methods to share the gospel. We've also put on your chair this morning, there's a track. We have not had a really good track that's just from Oasis in quite a while, and so we've worked on something, and just, it's, it's an easy track. Maybe this morning you would say, um, I'm nervous to share the gospel. I don't know how to speak it, but you would be willing to leave it on a table. I would encourage you this morning, not to take this because it sits on your chair, but I would encourage you to take this and say, God, I don't know who you would have this to go to. But my prayer is that you would take and hand it to somebody over this next week. Maybe you would say, Pastor, I'm really scared. I've never done this at all. And I would, I would challenge you. Set a goal for yourself. Grab one. This month, I want to give this to one person. There's stacks of them out in the lobby of five my prayer is not that we just flood as many as we can, but that it would genuinely be a thing, a, a, a prayer of yours that you would say, I've got this. And God, would you have me to give it to that one person? Maybe it's the invite that's there as well. I don't know. But this morning, would you... Search your heart. Would you ask God to just reveal to you that you would be broken for those that are near you? God, would you break me for those that are near me? Some of you sit here and you might say, Pastor, I honestly don't even know one person that doesn't know the Lord is Savior. In my little circle, I don't know that I have that person. Man, Here's what I promise. Ask God 
God, I desire to be used of you that I would share the gospel. I promise you he'll put somebody in your path. Maybe you could think right now of five people off the top of your head. Why don't you write them down? Why don't you pray for them? When was the last time you cried for them? That somebody would know Christ. I guarantee you one of the greatest joys of your life will be leading somebody to the Lord. Maybe it's been a while. Would you pray that God would give you that opportunity to just lay out the gospel message and share it with somebody? You don't have to do anything but be available. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church.